When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Tom Bernard Show with co-host Catherine Brandt, Andy Brandt Bernard, and Mike Molina. And we'll be right back in a couple of seconds. We've got all kinds of stuff today, like putting up with Kostaki Economopoulos because he's an Atlanta Falcons fan. Yes. Actually, I don't think he's going to be, he's gonna be on today because he's coming in later this week. Uh, he actually is going to he's gonna oh, call he's in and be on. We get a double oh, dose no. of Kostaki. Oh. There you go. <laughs> Uh, we're going to also talk about Hollywood and how phony and fraudish, fraud-like, fraudulent. There you go. There you Let's go. go with fraudulent. What a bunch of frauds those people are. We'll be back. Tom Bernard Show. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt. Then talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company. And they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. <laughs> it's been good, ladies and gentlemen. It's been good. And how do they contact you? And, uh, e- either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Due to the billions of marketing dollars spent by Walzer Automotive on Tom Bernard Podcast, you hopefully know that Walzer sells cars. What you might not know is that they also have two full-service collision repair centers in the Twin Cities. They're fully certified by all insurance carriers and can help you navigate all the paperwork if you ever have an accident. But wait, there's more. They've also been in the paintless dent repair business for nearly 30 years and can take those pesky dings out for just a fraction of what traditional bodywork costs. Broken windshield? Walzer Collision is a fleet of full-service mobile glass repair trucks as well. Walzer are pros at body and glass repair, but don't take my word for it. They have an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau and a nearly perfect 4.8 Google rating. Check them out at walzercollision.com. We can't go on together with suspicious minds. And we can build our dreams. 
Was he 83 today? Yep. Was he? Elvis Presley would have been 83 years old today. Should still be alive, actually. Golden Globes down. What a surprise. Yeah, their How ratings much? were horrible. Uh, were a 5.0 in what? from adults 18 to 49. That's, uh, Ooh, that's, terrible. that's horrible what for the Golden it? Globes. What was it last year? Uh, last year, 5.6. So, they go down every year. So they um, lost 10% of their audience so in one year. Wow, that's pretty bad. Well, they they went berserk this year with the politics. They, well, of course, they, um, I'm sure a whole Pat, bunch of people started watching and then immediately were like, "Nope, that's Pat, what I would have done." Pat Sajax had the best tweet so far of 2018. He said, "Really burned out on politics. Think I'll just relax and watch Golden Globes tonight." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. I love Pat Sajak. I, know, I think he's I, wonderful. I don't even know why I follow him on Twitter, but I do, and I'm glad because that was a great tweet. He's phenomenal. Yeah, the Golden Globes um, only had about twice as many viewers as the latest episode of The Simpsons. <laughs> wow. So Simpsons only pull a 2.5? 3.4. But it's it's since it's a different uh, market, I guess. Simpsons mm-hmm. had 9 million. Golden Globes had 19. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Well, it's still a respectable amount of people, isn't it? 19 million out of... For the Golden Globes? A yeah. five share is not great. No, mm-hmm. it's not. It started with a half-kidding plea at the beginning of the Golden Globes for Oprah Winfrey to run for president, but by the end of the night, that thought was gaining steam. As the awards show opened, host Seth Meyers joked that if his stint as host at the 2011 White House Correspondents Association dinner had somehow prompted Donald Trump to run for president, I just want to say, Oprah, you will never be president. You do not have what it takes. He also not asked Tom Hanks to be vice president, calling him mean and unrelatable. The crowd laughed, but when Winfrey dropped a bombshell speech as she accepted the Cecil B. DeMille Award later in the evening, and that has now renewed whispers about the megastar actually running per the Washington Post. She's 63 years old, I believe. And because she won an entertainment award, that makes her qualified to be the president. Well, I guess if Donald Trump and Barack Obama are qualified, so is she. There really isn't a qualification for to be president. It's just a popularity contest. See, here's the difference. I'm not wild about Donald Trump. I can't stand Oprah Winfrey. But if she were president, I'd respect her and wouldn't say horrible things about her like she's mentally incompetent. I just don't think that does the United States any good to have your uh, proletariat. Oh, God, they'd hate to be called proletariat. Uh, Talking about how, how, oh, he's unstable. He's mentally ill. Shut up. Well, they're all gearing up for the um, 20th of January. They're all having a march to impeach Trump. Oh, are they? They're going to march to impeach him? Yep, yep, yep. Mm -hmm. Um, You can't just, like, you know, impeach someone because you really want to. No, you can't. You have to have a reason. They're processing tonight at the uh, College National Championship because he's going to be there. Oh, that's right. He's going to be what there. Surprise. They're going to have protests for that. So, yeah, good. Keep keep on protesting. What's going to happen, and I talked about this earlier, what's going to happen is if this, this generation keeps pissing and moaning as much as they have been, the next generation of children is going to be ultra-conservative, and you drove them to it. And they don't understand that. They don't understand that. That's what's going to happen. I'm not saying they're going to be ultra-religious like the far religious right, but they're going to be ultra-conservative because they're going to get sick of you. Everybody else is already sick of you. Like, I know. I used to. Ten years ago, I didn't know what which one was Republican and which one was Democrat. No. I just didn't care so much that I didn't even know, you know, which nouns were what. Right. And, but now, I, don't, I still don't care about the Republicans at all because they don't do anything that I care about. Mm-hmm. But the other side is uh, constantly telling me um, how I, you know, 
shouldn't exist and I'm a horrible person for the way I was born, so they drove me to dislike them. Well, Oprah Winfrey did it last night to you, Andy. I'm not surprised. As well as uh, uh, Deborah Messing. I'm not surprised. Oh, I cannot stand that woman. Oh, God, is she horrible. What did she have to say again? Uh, here's the audio. She was on the red carpet uh, last night. Um, that the conversation finally started happening, and you realize, oh, my God, this is a, a systemic problem. This is a societal issue, and it's, it's not just Hollywood. It is across all industries globally. And, um, you know, we need to get... We need balance in, in our boardrooms. We want 50-50 by 2020. 50% women, 50% men in all decision-making. Uh, I guess she really... That's fine. Yeah, no, she really uh, ticked off some of the execs at uh, Comcast. She blasted oh, E. Oh, I would imagine. Yeah. She bl- why did she blast E? I don't know. For, I guess, their boardroom antics or whoever's running the show over there or whatever they've covered oh, up. wasn't it be- I think it's because there was a co-host, uh, a female host. I don't even know if she was a co-host, but she was making like a third of the money that the guy oh, yeah, was. Oh, that's Kat right. Sadler yep, was Kat not getting Sadler. paid. Yeah. yeah, Right. Which I don't understand either. Which Why? is irritating. How small do you have to be to be a Cat Sadler? <laughs> Thank you very much. Um <laughs> Yeah, I, why don't they pay the women as much as they pay the men? All of them are incompetent. Maybe all she doesn't do what they do. Well, the pro- We don't know. One of the problems Hollywood has is they do this interchangeable-looking uh, woman. It doesn't really matter if they have any talent. Yeah. All they care about is how they look, which is what women are supposedly fighting against. But if you've got 50, you know, cat saddlers lined up and they all can do the talking head job, you know, it, it's that's what the problem is. Uh, well, I mean, look at Ryan Seacrest. He makes $10 trillion, and he, there's nothing special about him. Nothing. He well, just for some reason, but he's not, like, you know, unique. You could put him among another 100,000 people who look exactly like him. But for some reason, society decided they just loved him so much that he's worth right. all that money, and I don't know why. That's true. I don't really know why he's unique. I don't really understand why they like him so much that if he is indeed gay, why he's waiting so long to come out. Isn't that kind of an insult to gay people? Oh, I didn't know he was gay or not. Apparently, gay. there's been some announcement he's going to come out now, and oh. I, I just it's because who if cares? he says he's gay, then all of those uh, losers at home who are fantasizing about him will not be able to, like, entertain the notion that maybe he'll, you know, one day sweep them off their feet. Yeah, there you go. That's what I think. Oprah Winfrey has said in the past she would never run for public office, but she's given other hints that she's not 100% against the prospect. The Post notes it's no longer all that far-fetched to think that someone known primarily for their work on TV with uh, absolutely no governing experience could not only run for president but also win. But I I have to point something out to you. Barack Obama was a U.S. senator for what, about three weeks before he was elected president? How long was he a U.S. senator, Andy? Yeah, he was not... Uh, not long. It was not long at all. He had he, about as many political qualifications as Trump did. I know. They don't have any anymore, and I don't care, because I, I don't like politicians anyway. Well, although, technically, they did both go to an Ivy League school, which... Oh, well then. Yeah, that's, uh, that's really all anyone cares about. That's all that matters? It seems. He was a senator for... Th- Three, oh, well, I mean, he was a state senator from Illinois yeah, well, that doesn't and for three years, but he was on the Illinois State Senate. I don't know what the hell the difference is there. It's the same thing. Uh, for seven years, 1997 to 2004. So he had nothing to do with federal politics at all before he ran for president. Or a governor. Mm, a governor didn't even qualify. No. So he really he had... was all state senate. 
Yeah, it was all state Senate, so who cares? Uh, well, I yeah. thought he was named to the U.S. Senate for a short time. Oh, wait. Yeah, well, yeah, U.S. Senator from Illinois. Yeah, that's not the same as being an Illinois senator. Well, why don't they, like, change the name? I don't know. You got senator, and then you got senator plus. Yes. Seriously. Trump was, um, a lot of people wanted him to be the president because he had so much business. Yeah. And it's worked so Savvy. far. Savvy. Right? Yeah, it kind of has. But Oprah has also <clears throat> built an empire. Absolutely. Like nobody's business. Uh, but she didn't run any. Well, I mean, I guess eventually she did. She started by just getting lucky. Yeah. But then and she did. the content of her show is what she really got. Mm-hmm. That was a smart move. It was. Uh, yeah. Very smart. But eventually she did, like, she does the O Network. Uh, she. That failed miserably. But did so, it? Yeah. Oh. That's all. Once again, that's all entertainment. I don't know. She was on a, lo- a local Chicago television when I used to go down there. I think it was like 83, 84, 85, something like that. She was a local TV host. And then she got her own, like, Jerry Springer-type show where people would beat each other up on stage. And that, you know, it was just like a Jerry Springer show. And then she was smart enough to change it over from get rid of, getting rid of all that stuff to dictating what everyone should do, except for her. Yeah. Once again, I love the fact that she she's telling DJ Khaled or whatever Khalid or whatever the hell his name is. Well, I'm glad to see that you're on Weight Watchers now, and I he weighs about the same as you do. What are you talking about? Well, is right? she on Weight Watchers? She, she owns Weight Watchers. Oh, but she is she on it though? No. Yeah. See, that's the thing. Uh, in any case, uh, Sarah Silverman, who's another moron, by the way. She went nuts. Unfortunately, she oh, used she to be funny, but she used to be. The Post says it's no longer all that far-fetched to think that someone known primarily for their work on TV with absolutely no government experience could only not only run for president but also win, per the AP. Twitter was abuzz after her speech on Sunday with comedian Sarah Silverman tweeting, Oprah Michelle 2020. Michelle Obama? Oh, Michelle Obama. Are you talking? Mm-hmm. Yeah, go ahead. Whatever so, they need. Talk about someone with zero experience. You got that right. Uh, why not, if she's so woke, then why not, um, uh, what's her name? Rice? Lady, Susan? Condoleezza Rice, oh, how about her? Rice. She's a black woman. No, 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 That's... she's conservative, can't have that. Yeah, they don't oh, like her. I honestly didn't know. Yeah, you know, they rip her. You know what Oprah's big speech was about last night at the Golden Globes, right? No, I didn't watch any of it. Andy, we can hear every slurp of that. Yeah, but I'm done now. Yeah, great. In any case, uh, she blasted white men, basically, by dredging up a story. And and if the story needed to be told, it needed to be told. That's not what I'm saying. You know what's funny? Um, I I write down the minutes of the podcast Mm -hmm. uh, just so I know, like, you know, this segment was about this. And um, Google Sheets uh, has an autocomplete thing. So if you've typed it before, then it will autocomplete it. Right. So I start typing Golden Globes. And uh, it auto-completed Golden Globes, comma, Hollywood racism. There you <laughs> go. Because we have had this exact conversation before. Isn't that amazing? Every year, forever. Yep, every, every year. year. Uh, in any case, Winfrey's longtime beau and her best friend also weighed in. I thought that speech was incredible. I got goosebumps, BFF Gail King told the Los Angeles Times. And Stedman Graham, when are they going to stop that Straight charade? Man. Stedman Graham, who's been with Winfrey for decades, added it's up to the... Well, they're still engaged, aren't they? Uh, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, seriously. She would absolutely do it. Uh, one other who thinks she's a winner, her potential rival. Oprah will end up doing just fine with her network. She knows how to win, Donald Trump tweeted in 2012. Hmm. 
Well, that was true. So was he a bad guy for that one now, too? He said she'd do well, and she did well. I mean, OWN's not a hit, but she's bringing some different stuff in there. I don't, I, like I said, whoever becomes president, I would never say about them they were mentally ill or incompetent and, or didn't deserve to be there. Mm, I personally think that anybody who wants to be president has to be mentally yeah. ill. I agree. That's what I was just going to say, that they're all nuts. What about Jimmy Carter? Jimmy Carter? He wasn't yeah. the most qualified person. No, he was not the most qualified person. You're absolutely well. Who was though? You go back and try to find a president that was qualified to be there. Good luck to you. We've had some presidents with decent amount of experience, haven't we? Experience, but they still were not good at the job. Here's the problem that I have with all these idiots. Uh, how's the stock market doing today? I haven't. I haven't looked. Is it up or down today? I'm guessing up. It's down. It has been. Oh yeah, it would have to be down. It was up yeah. to like twenty, almost twenty six thousand, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, previous close. Oh no, it's up five now. Oh, okay. Oh no, it is up. It's five? gone back up. It's kind of all over the place, but yes, it is at this exact moment. It's up five from yesterday's close. So here's what I'm or saying. Or whatever the previous close was. If Oprah Winfrey and Michelle Obama were elected president and vice president of the United States in 2020, I would not go on this show or KQRS and start crying like these candy asses did. Oh, my God, what are we going to do? It's the end of time. Oh, my God. You deal with it like an adult. That was embarrassing it as was a country really embarrassing. that we're that I know. sad. It's very sad. I know, but that's... They honestly think that like the world is going to end and... They're going to slaughter all the minorities because they're just so incapable of thought. Yeah, it's pretty incredible. Yeah. It is absolutely incredible. Yeah, I know people didn't go to work. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know. Some people didn't go to work for three weeks. They were so upset. Yeah, genuinely, that's like what made me decide that I just can't take humans anymore. (laughs) No, I understand. It was such a sad time for the human race. See, here's why I can't go to most of them. This Newser, this is a website. Newser's... Trump's schedule has been steadily shrinking. Oprah should run for president. Trump sucks. Uh, Jared Kushner sucks. Trump sucks again. That's all they report on. Could you just give me the news? Would that be possible? Yeah, I know you have your opinions about whatever and blah, blah, blah. But it, it just, is that all you ever want to talk about? The stock market's up. The job's are way up. As a matter of fact, they have a huge problem now in America. You know what that huge problem is? Not enough jobs. There are so many good jobs available, they don't have qualified, skilled workers to do them. Oh, right. That's the opposite of what I meant. I mean, it's... What are we supposed to be doing? Look, I don't like the fact that he tweets 24 hours a day either and runs his mouth, but they all do that. We'll be back. Tom Bernard Show. I'm Brad Huckle, president of North American Banking Company. Ask one of our bankers what they love about business banking. They always say the relationship with a client. Case in point, True North Oral Surgery and Implants is a longtime customer with a growing practice. Their banker, Julie Marshall, knows the ins and outs of what they do. So when they need working capital, an equipment loan, or funds for expansion, they call Julie. Are you looking for a banker you can count on? Give us a call. This is Tom. Why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience. Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. If you've noticed your vision getting cloudy, blurry, or dim, or having more difficulty seeing at night, you could have cataracts. Tom here for Whiting Clinic LASIK and Eye Care. Whiting Clinic is best known for their fabulous LASIK results. You've heard me rave about them for years, but did you know they do much more? They do, and I'm here to tell you about my wonderful experience having cataract surgery at Whiting Clinic. I'm at that age where my vision started to fade, so I called up the folks at Whiting Clinic. They helped me out right away. 
My cataract surgery was super easy, and thanks to the Whiting Clinic, my vision is top-notch once again. Of course, Whiting Clinic has the most advanced lens technology and vision options available, so I can see far away and up close without wearing any glasses. If you've been told you have cataracts or you're wondering why things just aren't as clear as they used to be, call the experts at Whiting Clinic or go to whitingclinic.com to learn more. See the folks at Whiting Clinic in order to see your very best. And don't forget to tell them that I sent you. Former Vice President Al Gore is taking heat for his claim that the icy nor'easter blanketing the eastern seaboard with snow and freezing temperatures is exactly what we should expect from the climate crisis. The debate over global warming's impact on winter storm Grayson was already raging when Mr. Gore jumped in with a tweet positing that the storm was consistent with human-caused climate change and citing an article by Penn State, Cli- uh, Penn State climate scientist Michael E. Mann, it's bitter cold in parts of the U.S., but climate scientist Dr. Michael Mann explains that's exactly what we should expect from the climate crisis. Is it going to warm up or is it going to cool off? Which one is it? <laughs> it both. You know what I mean? It, it, it has to be one or the other. No, it, 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 it's both. Both so, problems are caused by global warming. That's what they say. So they have all their bases covered. And mm-hmm. no matter what happens, they can say, see? Well, I, told I mean, you so. of course, this is what Al, Al Gore is saying because that's what he's known for. It's like saying, uh, you know, a guy who says the world is ending still says the world is ending. What well, a surprise. I mean, the problem you're going to have with this whole situation is they will do nothing about China, who pollutes the hell out of our atmosphere, about India, who pollutes it even more than China does. Yeah, for some reason, they're not talking about the two billion people who are basically still in the late 1800s in right. terms of their... Uh, technology of manufacturing so no one wants filthy air i understand that i don't want filthy air either but if we're going to attack this problem then we're going to have to attack it realistically and and go after these other people and and once again why do we drop out of the paris climate accord because we were paying the entire bill that's why well not to mention it didn't really do anything there were no No, there there were no uh, penalties for breaking the rules or anything no so why did it exist all right timmy we're back how how are are things now any better that is much better yeah it's a lot yeah lots better wow you know i'm on a uh, um my phone uh headset i'm plugged into a different jack today because i'm downstairs helping care for somebody down here um so that might be one of the issues. No, um, it sounds great now. Yeah, so next, great. next week I'll be back up in my office area where, you know, maybe I'm just guessing because obviously that's being in a different location. Maybe there's some sort of interference or something. So you're a disaster. <laughs> let's be honest. I know. I, well, yeah, let, let's just cut to the chase. I'm a GD disaster. I don't know if I can there say those go. words. That's what it is. I mean, there you have it. So, so you see uh, any movies yeah, just... lately? Uh, with the greener nope. situation? No, we've only gotten two, and both things we don't want to watch. Yeah, we got you got Get Out and something I've never heard of. Oh, I, Tanya. <laughs> I don't know I, that Tanya is. is great. See, I, really? Tanya. Yeah, that's the one about oh, really? Tanya Harding. That's right. the hot time. No. Yeah, with uh, Margot Robbie. It is terrific. She, she right. will be nominated we'll for Best Actress. Yes, yes, you need to see it, that movie. It's not starring Tanya Harding? Nope. No. It's kind of weird. It's a, no, it's it's about her. It's some sort of a docudrama where they recreate interviews that Tanya and her husband and different people did after this whole thing in 1994 mm. with Nancy Kerrigan. Um, and 
you know, it, they, they kind of admit at the beginning, everybody has their own version of the truth. But I walked away right. from the film thinking, you know what, Tanya Harding really will be, she'll feel vindicated. Because you find out a lot about her life that you didn't know and all the horrible abuse she took from her mother, from her husband, who was just an absolute monster, allegedly, at least according to this film. So no, 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 you, you're going to like this movie. I guarantee you will. Well, so far, it's done horribly. Only 5.3 at the box office. Yeah, well, well it's not it's very just, many theaters, is it? Yeah, it's not. It just, in fact, it uh, did. Uh, it opened last month, early last month, in a couple theaters. Smaller distributor, um, probably not equipped to handle the um, all the praise for the film, and um, it just opened nationwide last week, but still in very few theaters. Let's see. Uh, box office mojo usually has a it does, amount yeah. of Theater theaters. Count. Theater count is, yeah, 31, so not a whole lot. That's all, yeah, It's so, only in 31 theaters? Yeah, there you go. Hmm. I got the screener about a month ago, so that's how I saw it. I mean... So it, it came again, out it, technically on the 8th of December. So, yeah, right. it's been out for a month, but not, I mean, it was in one theater at the time, and then it, it averaged about, like, plus one theater a day. Yeah. In fact, literally exactly at, one extra theater a day. Hmm. I, I'm looking at um, Box Office Mojo, too. I'm seeing it went up 193 theaters, so you're looking probably at last week. So this week it was, two, oh, when 242, was... Oh. 242 yeah. theaters uh, in 12th place, but averaging per screen $10,000, which is more than... Yeah, it just got theaters. a 300% more, more theaters. Right, and more than any other film average per, aver uh, per screen average in the uh, top 11. Oh, well. So, yeah, so it's, believe me, it's worth watching. I, I, I know We'll you give it a whirl. Yeah. It's a black comedy, apparently. Yes, very dark. I, Tanya? Yeah. Really? And, and Alice yeah. And well, Jana, I mean, yeah. it's about Alice the whole, like, you know, Nancy Kerrigan. Nancy Kerrigan got her, you know, knees broken, and some people think you know, Tanya Harding did it, and some people think that someone did it on behalf of Tanya, and so forth. So, well, this past I Saturday was the anniversary of that attack. Oh. Oh, that's why it's coming out. Yeah, yep. 1994. Uh,. Happened on January 6, 1994, yeah. Good God, it was that long ago already? Yeah, I guess so. That's amazing. What else is coming up that we should know? I still haven't seen three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri, which I everybody tells me is just phenomenal. Yeah, and I mean, honest to God, with all the SAG Award nominations that that has gotten, I'm shocked that they haven't sent it to you yet. Um, that won the top prize at the Golden Globes, but um, right. it will be nominated for an Oscar. And McDormand's performance just, she blows everybody else out of the water as far as I'm concerned. I mean, there's just nobody that comes close to her. And then um, Sam Rockwell won as well, and Woody Harrelson's great. Um, and also, The Shape of Water is something you should also get because uh, all the actors are nominated for that one, too. So, I mean, right. those are, and you've seen the other one that I've been highly recommending, which is Darkest Hour. So, Phenomenal movie. Yeah, yeah. So those two, you know, it's just, you know, the way that they release films, it's a smart way. I mean, they, you know, put them out in a few theaters to qualify, and then they expand in January. Because, you know, putting out I, Tanya or Three Billboards Against the Last Jedi, I mean, nobody, it's going to uh, die a quick death <clears throat> at the theater if you're going to do that. Sure. So that's why you have them dribbling out into theaters in the manner that they are. No, I, I think it's... Uh... There are, are several movies out for the first time in quite some time that I want to see, uh, and I've seen a couple of them, but I I really have to catch up. Uh, I should I just started getting my screeners last week from SAG, so uh, I should catch up pretty soon. Get out, you know. 
I won't have to get out and see them, you know, because I, I work a lot of hours, so I don't get a chance to get out and see movies all that often. So to be able to just watch them on TV will really help. Yeah. No doubt yeah. about Oh, yeah, that. definitely. Definitely. And you can see, I mean, Lady Bird is nominated. I just think it's a good movie, not a great movie. Um, right. My daughter disagrees with me, but, you know, I, I think it skews a younger demographic. But, you know, uh, yeah, I mean, and, you know, it, there's some, it, the post, uh, I'm not a fan. <laughs> and you were talking I about. See that. Oh. oh, the one with you, Meryl Streep? Yeah, you were talking about, uh, or Meryl, oh, not Meryl, um, Oprah was talking about the press earlier. The interesting thing about this, the post is, is that you discover, when you go back to that time in the Pentagon Papers, and Catherine Graham, who was played by Meryl Streep, she had a very comfy relationship with uh, McNamara, right? Yes. And and then you find out on the other side, her chief deputy editor or chief editor, Ben Bradley, who's played by Tom Hanks, he had a very comfy relationship with John F. Kennedy. So this yeah. whole thing about the press having, you know, skewing things goes way, way back. And that to me oh, was no like doubt. an eye-opening part of, of that film. Yet at the same time, the thing that bothered me about it is, is that to me, this is a movie that was made in response to all the the criticism that's been leveled against the press in the last year, um. when, in fact, the press itself is as... They don't even pretend to hide their biases anymore. No. So, I, I don't know. It's just... It's one of those movies where, yes, Spielberg did it, and it's expertly made, and all you know, from a filmmaking standpoint, it's great, and everything else like that. But I just think that it's—I don't know—it's just a little too sanctimonious for my taste, I guess. It just the whole newspaper thing is—is is, um, in my experience anyway, because I've worked in all areas. It seems to be a little more—we're uh, a little bit better than you, sort of attitude with newspapers than all other media, and you kind of get that here yeah. in this movie. In fact, they say it at one point, we're better than TV. It's like, well, guess what? The TV's nah. got big ratings and you don't. <laughs> you know? So, yeah. No, so it's I, true. I'm, I'm on the fence with the movie. I know all journalists, you know, quote unquote journalists are loving it, but I, I just looked at it totally different. Let me ask so, everybody a question here, just kind of to, to re reference the Golden Globes, okay? Kirk Douglas, who's 100 years old, comes out on stage and they give him a standing ovation. Yes. This is a guy who wrote an entire book about how much he cheated on his wife her whole life. Hmm. Uh, he was accused of murdering a young girl, and they still haven't proved that he didn't do it. Uh, Natalie Wood herself said that Kirk Douglas raped her when she was 16 years old. They're yep. wearing black dresses, and they're giving him a standing ovation, one of the biggest scumbags in the history of, of Hollywood. You know, it's interesting because that's the first thing I thought when I saw those people standing up, and I won't name names of the particular performers because so many have come out in in, um, in protest or you know with this movement or whatever. And here they're sitting there, standing, smiling, and clapping for this guy. And I'm thinking, what the hell? So I went on Twitter, and a few people spoke out, but there wasn't a huge outrage. And I and I just do people not know about this guy's past or what? No, I don't think crazy. they do. They well, that's the whole point behind wearing black, right? Was to protest right. all of this? Yeah. yeah. And, and, uh, and of the point all is time, to get everyone to pay attention to you. And of all times, they bring this guy out. 
Oh God, I, I know. Was, I was so incensed by the whole thing. I, that really that bothered me more than anything last night watching that show. And one so, last thing yeah. I should mention about him: they say that his uh, son Eric Douglas, who's apparently gay, I, I guess I don't know. Well, he's dead, is what he is. Is Eric Douglas dead now? Long dead. Two thousand four, he oh. overdosed. Oh, that's right. That's right. I, I was thinking of one that. Uh, never mind. But in any case, apparently he was gay, and uh, Kirk Douglas, his dad, sent him to a, a holy camp to try to pray the gay away. This Kirk Douglas has done everything that these people are against, and yet they give him a standing ovation. Why? Because they're giving themselves a standing ovation. That's why. Yeah. These Hollywood well, people um, are crazy. My feeling is is that this guy is on death's door at 101, yeah. and they figure... Well, Good. we better honor him before he dies. But you know what? That hasn't Why? stopped them from. Well, if that hasn't stopped them from going after Dustin Hoffman, I'm not saying he's on death's door. He's not, but certainly he's close to eighty, and he's he's at the end of his career with all these accusations. But that hasn't stopped yeah. people from coming out against him. I don't get how they're not coming out against Kirk Douglas. That just, I don't get it. Bothers either. bothers me. Should call, should call Oprah and ask her. She knows everything. <laughs> Well, was Oprah she standing does. too? You know, my wife was watching it. it. And my wife was watching it with me. She thought Tom Hanks was sitting down. I'd like to watch footage again to see because oh. oh. that's the way you protest it is just to sit there and not do anything. Mm-hmm. I but like everybody that. else was standing. I don't know. I don't know. I have to look at it. But she swears he was sitting down. I'm sorry I interrupted you there. No, I, I, it's just a situation where this man did everything these people are protesting against, whether it's cheating on your wife and forcing himself on women, raping a 16-year-old girl, according to her, by the way, uh, no one else. She came right out and said that Kirk Douglas raped her, and unfortunately she's dead now, so, you know. Uh, this writes a book about how he cheated on his wife over and over and over again. Uh, tells his son that he's not worthy to live in the house because he's gay. This guy did everything that Hollywood sta- against what uh, Hollywood stands for, and yet he's a hero. I don't get these people. I don't understand them at all, and I never will. But I do know this. We will be right back. Tom Bernard Show. Just like all of you, I had been hearing about my pillow and was skeptical that it was as great as everyone said it was. Well, I received my first my pillow, and I love it. Look, my, my head stays level. You know, it's not too high, not too low. My neck feels much better because of it. Mike Lindell, the inventor of MyPillow, has a very special offer for Tom Bernard Show listeners. MyPillow is offering a buy one MyPillow, get another one absolutely free. Don't delay. This offer will end on January 31st. If you're looking for a great night's sleep, now is the perfect time to get your first MyPillow. If you already know how great the MyPillow is... Why not give them to everyone you know? Go to MyPillow.com, but make sure you use the promo code TOM. Again, please use promo code TOM. That's promo code TOM. MyPillow.com. This is Tom, and I want to tell you a story about camping. A guy named Tim, his back pain, and his angry wife. You see, Tim went camping with his family, but he aggravated his recurring back problem a couple of days before when he was golfing with his buddies. His wife had to set up the campsite and do all the heavy lifting, and Tim couldn't do a whole lot with the two kids. Tim was not a happy camper. And neither was his wife. The following Monday, Tim's wife got him an appointment at Hopkins Health and Wellness Center, a DMR method clinic. Their team of physical therapists and chiropractors figured out what was really wrong with his back, quickly got him out of pain, and taught him how to keep it from coming back. And what did Tim say was the biggest benefit of finally handling his back problem? Happy wife. 
happy life. DMR clinics are a group of physical therapists, chiropractors, and allied medical spine specialists that can help you feel better fast. They have a 96% success rate. It's covered by insurance, and you don't need a referral. They have convenient locations in Hopkins, Woodbury, Rogers, and Blaine. For a free consultation, go to dmrmethod.com. That's dmrmethod.com. Because you had to be a big shot, didn't you? You had to open up your mouth. You had to be a big shot, didn't you? All your friends were so knocked out. You had we, uh, to have I have a question for you. So what did Billy Joel do that you play in him? No, nothing. Just being a big oh, nothing, shot. Just wonderful. Yeah, a lot of big shots there. No, no doubt about it. I, I, as I said, the one place in America I've been, and I, I, you know, I've been pretty much all over. I've never been to Portland or or Seattle. I've uh, never been there, but pretty much everywhere. I, you know, like Idaho, I've never been there, or states like that. But the only place in America that I've ever been that I, I flat out hated was Los Angeles. The people there are such a pain in the ass. Mm-hmm. And then you get the famous people there. Oh my God. It's just, I don't know. I don't know how people deal with it. Well, it's pretty phony. It's about as bad as it gets. Well, except well, for Kristen Burt. Get out of there. Is, when's Kristen coming on? No, tomorrow. Tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow. No, but Kristen's not phony at all. I don't know. No. I keep asking her how she puts up with it. Hello. Yep. I'm here. No, I, what? Are we <laughs> what? Nothing. Nothing. I don't know. I'm sorry. I know In there's any an case. echo. I don't hear well, anything. There's not an echo. I like hear everything. T- Everything's good. Yeah, there's, there's, not, not, an, oh, okay. there's not an echo. We yeah. got rid of the echo. I've been to L.A. about a half dozen times in my life, and I couldn't wait to get the hell out. And that, those were only on weekends for a few junkets that I went on. And uh, just depressing. The ride from the airport from LAX to Beverly Hills is just, oh, God. I, I, I found nothing appealing about the place, put it that way. Even in the nicest area, I didn't find it's it nice. It's got nice weather. Yeah, that's true. Nice weather. Nice yeah, weather. that's true. It was nice going out in February or January to L.A. for a weekend, but no, no, I'm a homebody in that respect. Maybe not not of the fan of the weather of the last couple of weeks, but this week's is shaping up to be pretty nice. So I can. Have I have that. a question for you, and you yeah. would know this, Tim. I bet. Why, when when all TV and movies and all that stuff moved to 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 L.A. Why didn't they just go down the east coast of Florida and do it there? What kind of scummy thing did they set up uh, that benefited them out in California? Yeah, that is kind of weird. Why didn't they just come down to Florida and do it? That's a good question. <laughs> that is a great question. There was, I, I, I have there no was, idea. I mean, who really started Hollywood? Yeah, who did start know. Hollywood, and how do they benefit greatly from it? There is some scam, I guarantee you, to get those people out all the way. Nobody lived there then. Well, originally it was Hollywood land. It was Hollywood yeah. Land, yeah. It was and a, then the Rocketeer ran into the sign and blew, it up. and blew it yes. up. But that's something you know, I'd be interested in. Why? No, no, go ahead. I don't remember what I was going to say now. 1853, anyway. there was one hut there. Uh, and then by 1870, it was an agricultural <laughs> community. Um, let's see. Yeah, for a long time, it was just, like, really nothing. It was just a tiny little town. Well, it must have been a studio that started there or something. Well, I mean, Hollywood, the fact that it was close to L.A. is really, you know, if it wasn't close to L.A., it wouldn't have been anything. But but why did anybody go out to Los Angeles? Why did they go out there in the first place? Here we go. No, still, nobody lives west of the Mississippi River. Apparently, by 1912, some companies set up production near or in L.A., um, 
In the early 1900s, <laughs> most motion picture patents were held by Thomas Edison. Really? Uh, and his motion picture patents company. And, oh, it's because they were dodging patents, is what they were doing. I knew it was filthy. I knew there was something filthy about the reason they ended up in L.A., and that's what it is. They were dodging patents. To escape this, filmmakers began moving out west where Edison's patents could not be enforced. There you go. I knew they were screwing somebody. I knew it. Rotten to the core. They're rotten to the core. They just are. They're just horrible, horrible human beings. God, is, I'm so happy that you discovered that, Andy, because I, and I'm sure they got the huge tax break, or there were no taxes there. In 1912, was California like was barely even a state at that point? <laughs> Pretty much. Basically, no one lived there. That is well, so here, amazing. Because here's the irony. Here. The irony is, is that all productions are are they they're either done in Canada now or the big right. place and this follows your east coast theory tom the absolute hot spot for film and television right now is in Atlanta you will see really? oh, yeah. if you stick to the end hmm. credits Atlanta is in so many end credits as a location now what's it called the Georgia peach or it's Georgia something yeah yeah, yeah at the end of everything uh, now it says Georgia whatever oh right. yeah i know what you're talking yeah it is it is Georgia peach it's that stylized peach with yeah. the mm-hmm. that that's like on a Big Bang Theory, I think, is one of them. Mm, that's a possibility. Yeah. Georgia Peach Production Company. Yeah. Let's see. Yeah, that's and exactly what thing. it is. I mean, it? they go there because of the tax break, which is something obviously they went to uh, California for in the first place. Now they're mm-hmm. leaving there because of the tax break. Yeah, because their taxes are so god awful. <laughs> Yeah, here we go. Georgia Peach Productions, which ironically is based in New York City, but <laughs> <laughs> well, other than that, though. Uh, let's see. They did the Puppeteer, whatever that is. Is this even the right one? No, I don't think so. There might be multiple Georgia Peach Production it's, it's companies. It's not Georgia Peach. It's Georgia Tour something. Yeah. It's uh-huh. Georgia Tour something. It's you know what you should look up, Andy is um, who's the magician on True TV. We've had Carbonaro? Yeah, Carbonaro is a, a Georgia tour. Oh, is that? That's what I was thinking of. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. right. Some, the, the, the biggest one of the client, very few TV shows I watch. The biggest client would be probably Marvel. They shoot all those Marvel movies down there. So you can oh, really? find it out that hmm. way, too. Yeah, Marvel Studios. It is absolutely amazing. What's coming up in the next couple of weeks that we should know about as far as movies are concerned, Tim? Well, um, I, I talked with Lastman or texted him this morning. Um, I'm going to see The Commuter and review that on Thursday. And I know you're going to be thrilled because it's Liam Neeson. Uh, yeah, Mr. Anti-America. <laughs> um, oh, and uh, the, the post is also opening up. But, again, I, I, you, you're not interested in it. And, and John was saying, you know what? It feels like it's been out forever since it's one of those movies that we've been hearing about since December. Um, 12 Strong is coming up the 19th. This is interesting because it's the first troops on the ground in Afghanistan, uh, 12 soldiers who all rode horseback. Um, and so that story, that includes uh, Chris Hemsworth and Michael Shannon and uh, William Fickner and Michael Pena. And that's coming out on the 19th. So I'm looking forward to that one, too. And uh, I love and Michael Shannon. Thin. Yeah, Michael Shannon is great. And he's also in The Shape of Water. That's one more of the many reasons you need to see mm-hmm. The Shape of Water is because of Michael Shannon. So, and the one I'm really looking forward to, and this isn't coming out till early February, is the 1517 to Paris, which is Clint Eastwood oh, yeah. of the three soldiers yep. who play themselves 
on that pain, uh, pain, that train in Paris, uh, where pain. they took down the terrorists. Yeah, exactly, where they took down that terrorist. So yeah. That's, oh that's yeah. Is it true? Because I saw in the trailer that, it, and I remember that there were three guys, right? Three right. American soldiers who, who took this guy down. Is right. it true that that one guy got up when he raised the rifle? He got up and charged him, even though he had the rifle raising up. Well, that's when you he charged know, someone. He, you know, that's the guy too that almost had his thumb cut off. Um, I oh right. He had, yeah, and I don't know how that happened, but yeah, I mean, obviously, when you see films like that, and certainly it's in the trailer. It's really prominent, that scene. I didn't, I've never heard of it happening that way, but I, I don't know. I guess I'll, I'll just have to do research and find out. And I uh, also thought the Two of them were cool. off duty members of the U.S. Armed Forces, so one of them wasn't. Just uh, some He's a guy. Friend. Yeah, Anthony Sadler. Uh, there was an airman first class and a specialist. Uh, let's see. And then, ah, the uh, rifle jammed. So he raised it and tried to start shooting. But the rifle jammed, so then they... Yeah, and then... um, But then the guy pulled out a knife, and uh, Stone was the guy who charged him. He got slashed up a bit. Put the guy in a chokehold. Almost severed his thumb, but didn't. Uh, Scar Mm. Latos seized the rifle and then beat him with it until he was unconscious. (laughs) There you go. My kind of guy. And then, yeah, that's how that... Oh, he... Mugalian, whoever that was, uh, wasn't one of the three, but he got shot somehow. So maybe the rifle unjammed? I don't know. There was a British citizen that helped out, and I think that's probably who you're talking about. He was a... He was an American-born Frenchman, is who that oh, was. Oh, there we go. Okay. Ah, the gunman then, once the rifle was taken from him, he drew a 9mm pistol oh. and then shot the guy through the back of the neck, but he lived. Uh, always good to have an extra weapon. Yeah, geez, this guy was uh, pretty prepared, but it didn't work out for him. And what was his beef? Did we ever find out what his problem was? Um, the French police say it was a terrorist attack, but he says it was because he was hungry. <laughs> So I guess he's a bad liar. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess you're absolutely right about that. So he said, I'm hungry, so I'm going to kill people. Ultimate hangry. Yeah, that's not really, uh, yeah. If you were going to do this because of hunger, you would like, you know, rob a McDonald's or something, not a train. Yeah, I don't know. But that movie looks, Clint Eastwood does a hell of a job making movies. That's all I know. He does. He has that same sort. You can tell from the trailer that it has the same sort of tone as American Sniper. He just really has a handle on on that sort of film, and you get that same sort of feeling with um, the film that I uh, thank you for your service, which was written by um, the guy who wrote the script for American Sniper. So, you know, anything that Eastwood is a part of, or the people he comes into contact with, I mean, they just—I don't know, man. There's something. Did you ever see Sully? You know, I never did. Yeah, because that has that same sort of feeling, too. you got to see it. I mean, I think you'll really be surprised. And it, it seems like a simpler sort of approach that he takes. You know, he's not trying to impress you with crazy shots or anything like that. He's just a great filmmaker. You know, he's very subtle with stuff, I guess, is maybe the best way of putting it. No, he absolutely is. Grand Torino, I thought, was one hell of a great movie. Uh, I mean, there are so many of them that Clint Eastwood has done. He just does a great job with it. And uh, and I loved it when he talked to a chair at the convention. You know, <laughs> <laughs> that was a great move. 
Yeah, hey, where's the tribute to Clint Eastwood at the Golden Globes, huh? How about one for him? No, you're absolutely Yeah, how about one for Clint Eastwood? Oh, no, he disagrees with you. We can't have that. We, if he doesn't hold your exact position, he's got to be evil and horrible. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, isn't the, aren't the Golden Globes kind of considered to be uh, not that important? No. They're definitely event. not nearly as important as, like, the Emmys or the uh, other ones. Oscars. Oscars, Yeah, that's so I... I the reason know. that Hollywood folks like them is because it's considered a big party to them normally. I think last night was probably a little more subdued, but that's one of the reasons. But in the end, less than 100 of the people vote on these things. Uh, their credibility has come into um, play in the past. Uh, and, and, you know, I think, yeah, I mean, everybody just wants to be the Oscars. And they, they have the benefit of being broadcast on, you know, a major network. So, I, I you know, I think that inside... The Hollywood folks don't take it that seriously, but it's all a marketing tool. You know, if you want a Golden Globe, mm. you can slap that on the, the poster or whatever. And, you know, some people might say, well, if they want a Golden Globe. It must be good. You know, it, it just like so, the Oscars. It's a marketing thing. The Oscars are movies. The Emmys are TV. What are the Golden Globes? They're Both. movies and television. Ah, okay. I see. Yeah. You know, Tim, let me ask you a question. When did the Golden Globe start? Because as a kid, I don't, I've never even heard of them. They've been around a long time. I mean, it's really it's decades, um, more than 50, maybe close to 60 years. Really? 1944. God. Why didn't years? we ever hear them when, when we were kids? I mean, when we I were kids, did you ever hear about them when you were kids? Well, when, you know, I mean, I watching, you know, when I started getting interested in movies and awards stuff, I guess, um, I do remember them being on NBC. They've always been on NBC, pretty much. Uh, just like the Oscars have been on ABC. So, yeah, I do remember okay. them, but, yeah. But, yeah, they've been Oh, they weren't forever. broadcast on NBC until 1958. So for the first 14 years, I don't know, maybe they were just, like, local TV or something. Um, and then nationally they started broadcasting them in 1964. However, the FCC said that they couldn't uh, pu- broadcast it until they did something and in reaction to that, M- NBC refused to broadcast it until 1974. <laughs> oh, there is. So, That's why I never heard of them. Yeah. So there that, yeah, it's been embroiled in controversy from the very beginning. And not a shock at all. Tim, thank you very much. We will talk to you on, what, Thursday on the, on the morning show? Yes, yes. And again, I'm sorry about the phone situation today. Hopefully no, no, it'll settle next week. We'll get it straightened away. Thank you, man. All right. Talk to you Thursday. Have a great week, everybody. Tim Lammers, ladies and gentlemen, brought to you by, absolutely. Uh, we'll be right back. Tom Bernard Show.